We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast Post-Game Edition. We are a proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of BoomtownHoops.com. I am your host on this unfortunate evening. I am Jacob Niffin. I am joined by Justin Peabody. Hello, darkness, my old friend. At least you didn't pull a tailor and play that on your phone into your microphone, so I, I at least appreciate that. <laughs> I can't steal his gimmick. Where the Thunder just got the doors blown off of them, 80-114, to 114, losing Game 5 of the first round of the Western Conference playoffs to the Houston Rockets. Series is now 3-2 to two in the Rockets' advantage. And the Thunder, Justin, are up against the ropes. Elimination game, Monday night. So I think, Justin, let's... <sighs> We want to end our listeners on a positive note. We always want to end on the right foot. Mm. So that means we're going to start on the wrong foot. We're going to start on the bad stuff. Yeah. Holy crap, there's a lot of bad stuff. 
So the first half of this podcast is going to be about 30 minutes. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> if you don't want to be sad, just hit fast forward until about the 15 to 20 minute point in this podcast <laughs> and then hear us say nice things. Um, I mean, we can start with this from Brian Brinkley. Second worst playoff loss for OKC ever. Ever. That ain't good, Chief. They lost by 34 tonight. They lost by 35 in game two of the 2014 Western Conference Finals to the Spurs. Um, not great, Bob. Dot Jeff. But the Thunder did come back and win that Spurs series. 2014? No, they didn't. Oh, sorry. I was, I was thinking 2016. I, I was wish. thinking the Lamarcus Aldridge game. No, that was like Serge's God and Ice series. Oh, yeah. yeah. Whenever like we thought his leg got amputated. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, not great all around. Uh, the thing that gets me, and we, I feel like it's a good place to start, is the beginning of the game. <laughs> um, what are we doing with this starting lineup? Because I don't feel like it's working. And so it, it yeah. hasn't worked for five games now. I don't have plus minus numbers in front of me as far as the starting lineup is concerned. I do have quarter by quarter lineups in front of me. Oklahoma City loses the first quarter 14 to 24, digs themselves in a 10 point hole. 14 points in 12 minutes of basketball is absolutely atrocious. Like you held Houston to 24 points in the first quarter and 24 points in the second quarter yeah. and played relatively good defense. I don't understand, like, the offense was so, so, so bad, and it kind of boggles the mind. Well, I mean, it doesn't boggle the mind whenever <laughs> Lou Dort is literally shooting the ball oh, every time he touches it. Lou. But, I mean, you, you see how poor – I'm getting into everything just off the bat, Justin, so sorry. <laughs> I thought we were but starting at the top. You see, like, how bad Shea played and how bad Gallo played. And that, that starting lineup just got its ass beat from yep. the word go. Yep. 14 points in the first quarter, 18 in the third, 17 in the fourth. None of those are going to cut it. Yeah. Uh, especially when you give up. You mentioned the first two quarters for Houston, but 37 in the third and 29 in the fourth. Yeah. In the That's third quarter, Houston just, found, Houston just found the bottom of the net in the third quarter. Like, they and didn't do honestly, anything different. That that is the only thing that kept OKC in it in the first half is that Houston couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. I, I tweeted it in the first half. I said if Houston could make any kind of shot, they'd be up twenty. But instead, it's a tie game. Yeah. And in the third quarter, they started making shots, and Oklahoma City continued to not do that very much. So exactly in that first half, that was the Thunder's chance to build a lead and to do something, and. They tried to in the second quarter, but then everything just absolutely unraveled. Um, We've talked Col- about it on on every one of these post game pods about they gotta stop starting in a hole. They gotta yeah. stop starting down and having to fight back. If they exactly. could start a single freaking game on the high side, it would be such a dynamic shift and something that Oklahoma City has never had. They've never been in the driver's seat in this series other than for a few minutes at a time. Exactly. And it's incredibly frustrating. We'll get into this in the second half of the pod, but I wonder if there's a change to the starting lineup coming in the elimination game. It'd be interesting. It seems like it takes a lot to make Billy change things up and like elimination games. I mean, the last (laughs) time the thunder played the rockets in the playoffs, they got into an elimination game, and then he decided, oh, maybe I should have Victor Oladipo handle the ball with the second unit right. instead of Samaj freaking Christian. God bless. 
Oh dear. Yeah, um that there's a potential for that, but I mean that's only the beginning of the problems, unfortunately. Um the poor start in the first quarter was only magnified by the poor start in the third quarter. Uh, yeah, and culminating again, in a, a double ejection, which so Justin, did you watch the game on TNT or Fox Sports? So for the first time all series I watched it on Fox Sports. Okay, did they show the angle of Schroeder hitting Tucker in the in the balls? Yes. Okay, I wasn't I didn't know if they did or not. I was watching TNT. Uh and we didn't see a replay on TNT until after the both ejections. And I really? was like, "Why are they ejecting Dennis Schroeder? What did he do wrong?" Interesting. And then they showed the baseline angle yeah. where Dennis Schroeder I don't think it was intentional. I think he was trying to get around the swing, the 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 screen, and his arm swung in a natural motion, like yeah. when you're running, and just popped him right in the penis, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Uh, it was those... an illegal screen, but that kind of culminated. I mean, the one player that was doing anything for Oklahoma City, right. um, get, going out. That's a that's a really poor trade. Schroeder for Tucker is a yeah is a very poor trade for the Thunder as far as losing players on the court but yeah i mean they started even in my halftime periscope i said if the thunder can start the third quarter good and not do what they did in the first quarter they got a chance to win this thing and go up three two and they didn't do what they did in the first quarter they were (laughs) worse not so much and that's the thing that the the shooter ejection was so bad because we've talked about oklahoma city finally found some success on the offensive end a lot of that success, almost all of that success, has been Dennis Schroeder attacking the basket. And he did it tonight. And he had 19 points at halftime. And he looked awesome. And the Thunder were back in it. They had the 31-point second quarter. Without Schroeder, you, it was so evident that the Thunder, it, it reverted instantly back to the four people staying around and one person ISOs. And without Dennis Schroeder attacking the basket... The offense just goes completely, completely stagnant. You combine that with what you mentioned of SGA, terrible game. Danilo Gallinari, one point. One point from Gallo? Yeah. One That's point not, on 5 shooting. Shut the ball the five times. Time, when's the last time Gallo scored one point? I think I saw a stat that he only scored in single digits twice this season. That's insane. So when nobody can make a shot and you're relying on isolation scoring, uh, that's a rough combo. <laughs> yeah. Also, you need- you're not you're not going to get very far when Lugans Dort, Danilo Gallinari, and Shea Gilgis Alexander combine for 29 shots uh, and 11 points. <sighs> and that- of those 29, one Lugans Dort had 16 of those shot attempts. Three of 16. Holy crap. I understand the idea of you're open, you have to shoot it and make them respect you. Yeah. But at some point, you need to stop shooting the goddamn ball. (laughs) That's exactly right. And that uh, switch should have been flipped a lot sooner than it was. Like, Dort needs to do something else on offense. Yes, I mentioned this on on the Twitter account, and I mentioned it in my halftime periscope. You've got to make Lou cut. Let him run the baseline. Use him have as him a set back screens. Yeah. Have him set on ball screens. I mean, his two points, I th- or his four points, I think both. He had six points. Sorry, six. I don't know what the hell I'm talking Counting. about. I'm so angry two, four, right now. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? His at least four of his points came from 
pick and rolls where he was yeah. the screener. Right. You know, if he just parks at the three-point line, the defense does not have to pay attention to him, and they didn't. Harden played in the middle of yep. the paint at the free throw line. But if Lou is cutting down the baseline or running the baseline right. or running a circle around the top of the key or setting a screen, uh, either off ball or on ball, the defense has at least has to at least be cognizant of him and has to account for him. And that makes the defense move a little yeah. bit more and it unclogs that lane. But when you just post up out there on the corner, it does absolutely nothing for you. And Terrence Ferguson's five first half minutes, I think he did more off ball moving in those five minutes than Lou did all game. Yeah. I think that's absolutely true. And the problem with that is it's not just for when Lou has the ball and his defender can sag off him and get ready for a rebound. It's the entire possession. The exactly. whole time that Lou's behind the perimeter, that's a free defender clogging up the lane that can be a help defender that, like you said, literally doesn't have to think about Lou Dort because even if they pass it to him, he's just going to jack up a three that he's going to miss. And that, that lets him off the hook. And exactly. if you can use him like a Terrence Ferguson or even an Andre Robertson, like we get it. You're not a great shooter. Do you have to take him every now and then to keep him honest? Absolutely. You can't, you can't always pass that up, but at the, at the same time going, Oh, of nine from behind the arc, like buddy at, at some point pump fake and drive yeah, and drive and, in. And, and even if you don't go to the hole, drive and kick. Exactly. Because we've seen that have well, success. And and we saw him try to do that in the third quarter and throw like three straight turnovers. Well, um, that's fair. Lou, Lou looked like an undrafted rookie tonight. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that um, you can forgive that stuff when the defense is doing its job. Uh, tonight, though, 31 points for Harden, 11 of 15 shooting, 4 of 8 from behind the arc. Um, not the lockdown Lou that we have seen so far in the series. So that makes the offensive ineptitude a lot less easier to swallow. No, I totally agree. And to lose defense on the, on that end, uh, lose to lose defense on the defense. I, that, that's a weird sentence. They are screening the absolute shit out of him. Yeah. I mean, they're throwing screens As left they and should, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're doing everything to peel him off of Harden. Uh, because whenever he doesn't get screened, Harden can't really do much offensively against Lou. Harden's kicking out um, and, and moving the ball because Lou is dominating him right. whenever it's just straight mono e mono. And I think that's the the double-edged sword is that they're working Lou so hard on defense and he's having to move so much on defense that he realistically, realistically cannot move as much on offense you know you cannot run full speed the whole game and yeah. if he's working as hard as he is on defense i understand why he's inclined to stand behind the arc but he's got to find a better balance because tonight wasn't it yeah no I, i'm totally with you and you know I, again maybe we see a change at the starting lineup for game six i don't know do you think that change comes with dort or is it somewhere else Oh, that's fascinating. Is it Adams? Is it Dort? I don't think it's any of the other three. No, it's definitely not the other three. It's either Adams or Dort. I was thinking Dort. But, I mean, we saw as soon as they put Schroeder on Harden, yeah. like Harden just walks him down to the rim. Yeah. Like he, he has just his physically he cannot stand his up frame, for him. No, not at all. I mean, do you go back to the game one starting lineup and put Ferguson in there who can shoot the ball a little bit and space it and at least draws a little bit of attention? It's kind of crazy given what Ferg has been most of this season to think that he is a 
um, attractive offensive option compared to Dort. Uh, his defense looked pretty good in the little bit that he got out there tonight. Like his defense has been, I think, pretty good on Harden yeah. every time he's got a chance this series. Yeah. And if he can do that, you know, you don't need him to do that all game. But if you can start the game with that, and then he can either miss nine threes, like we know he can do that, so he's not going to be worse in that department. He might even make one. But he can cut. He can screen. He can show that activity that we saw tonight on the offensive end. That's an instant upgrade to your starting lineup. Like, listen, I love Lou, and his defense will not be matched on James Harden. But you have to look at the net total here and i think that injecting ferg could be an upgrade to the starting lineup it's, i also think looking at adams could be interesting because like yes you can feed adams three times to start the game and get him six quick points and then ignore him for the rest of the game like we do every time or we could just go ahead and get that out of the way early and start noel or start Baisley. let's get weird um dude putting, screw it start schroeder in, in his place yeah put dort at the five who cares? That way you you don't have two non-shooters on the court. You just have one. Yeah, that's the you know? thing about this matchup is you don't have to think about traditional lineups and bigs and whatever. Like, match up to the players Houston puts on the floor. And I think it would be worth experimenting with, like you said, in an elimination game, what else do you have to lose? If exactly. it sucks, you put Adam back in, you throw it down in the post three possessions in a row just like you would to start the game, and that's fine. But I think that... While Adams has looked okay, and he looked pretty good tonight, he's not been dominant enough to justify playing him like he's been played thus far, in my opinion. No, I agree. So, Justin, let's finish all getting all the rest of the negative stuff out. That way we can cleanse our system and start talking about positives mm. and start talking about game six. So other okay. negatives. We've already kind of mentioned it, but Shea and Gallo, non-existent offensively. Unbelievable. I mean, th- this was game one Shea, not game yeah. two, three, four Shea. Shea looked like it was in his head. And I don't know, you know, obviously there there's a lot of reasons why that could be the case. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, when he has it going, when he's attacking, he's got, the, he's got the swagger. You can see it. It radiates off of him. And tonight was the opposite. He looked timid. He wasn't trying to drive the ball. He wasn't trying to get his own shot, which it seemed like we talked on the last two post-game pods. Like it seemed like he finally learned like, okay, I can score on these guys. It looked like he forgot that in the three days off. Yep. Shea in games two, three, and four. Okay. You take that three game sample, 24 points on 48, 42, 93 splits, 8.3 rebounds, 4.7 assists, 1.7 steals, and a plus 6.3. Tonight, Shea, four points on 25% from the field, 0% from three, didn't have any free throw attempts, three rebounds, four assists, four turnovers, four personal fouls, and a minus 27. And that's the thing that concerns me with Shea is it bleeds over to the other side of the floor with him too. His, his offense his wasn't defense, it, and it changes his body language on defense. Yeah, Stan Van Gundy roasted him on the broadcast on TNT for his poor defense. And Michael have to Cage give it to him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, go figure. <laughs> That's all boy defense in my church league. Oh, the dear. Shea's defense has been poor. Yeah. There's no other way around it. It has been poor. 
And if the Thunder want to win, he's going to have to dial it up on that end, which we know he can be a good defender. I mean, we saw it in Los Angeles. We've seen it at flashes of times this season. I mean, a lot of people are very high on Shea because they believe in his defensive potential. Yeah, his length. His, Turn his, that, I mean, yeah. and the Thunder started with him on Russ tonight. And Not Russ, a good idea. Yeah, Russ <laughs> bullies him physically. Yeah. Even though Shea has the length, Russ is just so much physically, like, stronger than him he can just push him around but i mean shay just bottom line i don't care if he's guarding russ harden daniel house eric gordon goddamn billy down at the ymca he's got to do something better yeah yeah i agree not great bob yeah not great so justin any other negatives that we need to uh to get out of here before we move on and talk about some positives oh i got one negative a negative one on the plus minus for tyson chandler uh <laughs> shout out to chandler for getting the game just to claim two free throws yeah and because uh gallo, the negative one came because of a free throw like, gallo's only point of the night did, on did the free tyson throw. chandler technically log a minute no he no, got zero zero minutes yeah. 0 for 2 from the line. They, they legitimately one. called a timeout to sub him out. It's a fantastic. How insulting. It's a fantastic stat line. Not one you see every day. Man. Poor Tyson Chandler. Poor Tyson Chandler. Remember when the Thunder almost traded for Tyson Chandler and they said his oh, foot was messed up, but gosh. his foot really wasn't messed up and he went on to win a title? I don't want to take us too far off track, but you know what extra sucks about that is that the Thunder doctor who decided that is the same Thunder Doctor who did the procedure on Tyson's toe, which I think gave him like extra credibility in that when he said that, it's like, well, I'm the one who did his surgery. Um, I know what I'm talking about. And then anyway, we could have won a title. Uh, all right. Well, uh, <coughs> maybe Tyson Chandler. Out. Get the negatives out. Yeah, maybe Tyson Chandler should have used um, some TheraOne. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, toe issues, or simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. So everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worsland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. I could use some of that right now. It started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device when Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments. He created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep and now through labor day monday september 7th theraone is offering our listeners a buy one get one free for all theraone products but you've got to go to theragun.com slash blue wire if you don't love what you get from theragun theraone send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase this is not 
something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. So go right now to theragun.com slash bluewire. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back to the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. We live in Oklahoma. That means you guys could watch Kyler Murray every week, Baker Mayfield every week. You already get C.D. Lamb because he's with the Cowboys, but still. Red Zone and Direct TV Fantasy Zone channels never miss out on your favorite teams and your favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Just use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout and you'll get 15% off your subscription. It's a free 15% off. All you have to do is visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, Justin, let's uh, let's shift gears. Let's talk some positives, kind of hype our listeners up, get them excited, out of their depressed mood, and ready for a game six that is coming up in less than 48 hours. First positive I got, I got some Brahms after the game. Hey, it was that's really a positive. Good. It was really good. I just got um, some Brahms. I sat in my car. I ate some Brahms, and I was like, man, I'm not as sad now. I got whiskey, so I kind of did the same. Yeah, <laughs> except you went with the adult route, and I went with the five-year-old route. It's okay. You know, the there's no shame in either. Yeah. No shame in either. Got Other the, than that, um, Schroeder. Schroeder's a positive. When uh, yeah, when he's not punching play. people in the dick, he's he's pretty good. <laughs> he absolutely cooked in that second quarter. I I found the gif of my life whenever I tweeted, Schroeder's got a strap, and I yes, tweeted the picture of that, that was old man. so good. Um, but I mean, he was splashing everything. And if they, if they closed out too hard, he just went right around anybody that Houston sent at him. And if they didn't close out hard enough because they knew that he was way too quick for them, he would pull up that three. He had that crazy, like on the left-hand side of the hoop, but with the right falling out of bounds floater and one, I mean, Schroeder put this team on his back as of right now, Schroeder is the MVP of this series for the Thunder. And if they force yeah. a Game 7, it's going to be on the back of Dennis Schroeder. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. He has been the secret to getting past this Rockets defense. He's been the only one who has successfully been able to score at will and looked like the Thunder of the regular season. I do. I need to say one thing on the the, the dick punch that I didn't get to say earlier. And that's how messed up is it that Schroeder gets ejected for that. But Harden, earlier in the series, kicks Schroeder in the Kiwis and gets nothing, not even a common foul. Yeah. Like, what is that? And uh, according to Tim McMahon uh, from Twitter, uh, he, he, he tweeted it per source. The Rockets are upset that Chris Paul was not investigated for striking Ben McLemore in the groin in game yeah, three. Right. Especially considering Paul's previous history of low blows. Houston wants the NBA to investigate Dennis Schroeder's shot to P.J. Tucker's groin. Good grief. If the NBA investigates that and decides that it warrants Schroeder being like ejected or, or ineligible suspended. for game six. Suspended. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> um 
God, the Thunder are going to be screwed. And what's yeah. wild to me is like, yeah, Harden pulled his knee up into Dennis's nuts, and it wasn't even a common foul. Chris got called for a foul, rightfully right. so. And I don't think Chris intentionally tried to punch somebody in the wiener. Right. Uh, I don't think Schroeder tried to t- intentionally punch somebody in the wiener. I but think then you all, look back yeah. four years ago, and Draymond Green's taking goddamn field goal kicks right. on Steven Adams Schlong, and like... <laughs> One of them got called a common foul. Another one got called a flagrant one and not an ejection. It's just, yeah. I was the NBA's got to get their dick shots right, man. Literally floored when he got ejected. Like even even if it was had some you know thrust behind it and trajectory changes, like even if thrust like, is a good choice of word there, Justin. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Even if that's true, to eject him is feels crazy to me. I mean, eject a man if he gets full contact. Yeah, but he just like grazed that. You thing eject with his him forearm. if he's if he pulls that. That's my maybe my favorite video on Twitter. The grab his dick and twist it. <laughs> oh, that's ejection worthy. Yeah, that would be ejection worthy. Um, so no. other, other positives besides Schroeder, uh, kind of just nobody from Houston being able to guard him. I think he's going to be essential for Game Six. Yeah, is Russell Westbrook made his return. He did not have to play up to his minutes restriction because it was an ass beating. Yep. But Russ was, <laughs> he was a fine. little good, a little bad. Three yeah. of 13 from the field. He took uh, only two three-pointers. He took a lot of mid-range Js that the Thunder just kind of let him have. One of Sounds two from like the free-throw line. Yeah. No turnovers for Russ. Six rebounds, seven assists. So I he did. was being able to drive in and kick out, drive and kick, drive and kick. Uh, he got aggressive on the glass, but besides that, I mean, if the Thunder can bait him into shooting those jumpers, they're in a really good spot with Russ. Yeah, I agree. It's, it. I said it somewhat jokingly, but it really is the inverse of the strategy with Lou. You let Lou take the uncontested threes, you let Russ take the uncontested mid-range, and odds are, with the way the season's gone, he doesn't find it. If he does, you can adjust, but I think you start off by letting him have it um, you mentioned no turnovers for Russ. I saw on Twitter the first time in over four years that Russ has had a turnover-free game. Wow. Which is crazy. So that that is a, a sneaky good stat for him. But like you said, you know, not playing his full minutes, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next game. I think a lot of that depends on how the next game goes of what you'll get out of Russ. Um I don't know. It, like you said, it, it wasn't mind-blowing. He wasn't, like, lighting people up. But we know that he can flip that switch at any moment. And Definitely. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him do that in the next game. Yeah. and But, again, the Thunder backs up against the wall. They're in the corner. So they are going Nobody to puts have baby in the corner. They're definitely going to have to come out and fight. Uh, Justin, let's get to some of the Twitter questions and the Discord questions that have been sent to us. Okay. Um, we got some questions, not a ton. I don't blame you guys. Um, you know, I would have expected a few more like WTFs, but it is what it is. Um, so let's start with at Jared Fergie wants to know how do Shea and Dort bounce back in game six? I think specific to those young guys having a game like this, uh, kind of getting your, your face beat in a little bit is important to see how they respond. Gallo terrible game but like he's a vet it doesn't worry me as much the mental side of things uh, what do you think about Shea and Dort I think they need to flip confidences 
Dort needs to not be confident in that three, <laughs> and Shea needs to be putting shots up. Yeah, right. Like that's yeah. I, that's I, I literally think that's what needs to happen. Like Dort needs to move and cut. The defense, like, you're going to do your best on Harden, and we know that. They're going to screen the crap out of you, and we know that. But offensively, you have to make them respect you. You can't just sit outside and keep jacking up those threes. With that being said, Lou shoots about 30% uh, in his entire NBA career so far. Yep. He's bound to get back to the means at some point. And to do that, he's going to have to go the F off. Uh, so maybe that's game six, you know. Hey, but Lou Dort goes nine of nine from three hey, in game six. Sign me you up, baby. Here first. But he's got to make himself more be respected by the defense. We've mentioned yeah. it: cut, screen, back screen, back door cut, just move, run the baseline, um, whatever. Yeah. And then Shea just Shea looked like he was unconfident and kind of disengaged tonight. And I need Shea to get pissed off and realize, dude, I can hoop on these guys. Yep. I can take him off the dribble. I've got that unorthodox, herky-jerky, kind of play-off-the-wrong-foot type of game. Get to the cup. Hit that step-back J. Drive and kick. He, Shea had a really nice play tonight where he drove in hard. The defense stepped up, and he had a little drop-off pass on the baseline for Nerlens Noel for a wide-open dunk. Do more things like that. Be aggressive. Uh, and there's no excuse not to be in this next game because it's an elimination right. game. What do you have to lose? I think that's that's the key is... In the two wins that OKC had, when their offense looked good, it was because all three parts of the three-point guard lineup were being effective. And they're such different styles that they were putting pressure on Houston in so many different ways. When you have a game like tonight where one of the three-headed monsters is not playing well at all, the other's playing okay, and only one's doing good, but then the one that's doing good gets kicked out, uh... It, you lose all of your effectiveness. You're not attacking Houston on those three different fronts anymore, and that ends up to uh, Lou Dort standing behind the three-point line and jacking shots all night, which leads us to our next question from at Sammy the Man 19 Why is Dort taking 16 field goals to Gallo's five? We've hit on it a lot. Houston's leaving him open, but what what needs to happen from Dort, aside from just like moving more, is there anything else that he he should be doing on offense? Passing the ball, right? Not shooting a three with 15 seconds left on the shot clock. Yeah. And this question, like, we know why Dort took 16 field right. goals, right? He was wide open every time. My question is, why is Gallo only taking five? Yeah. Right? Gallo needs to, I mean, he's one of the most dynamic scorers on this team. One of the most dynamic scorers in the league. He's a sharpshooter. He's got to get shots up. Yeah. He's got to shoot the ball. And I would expect him to unload the clip in game six as well. I hope so. But honestly, Gallows felt a little underwhelming the whole time they've been in Orlando. Yeah. Like he hasn't been the best version of himself that we've seen this season. So I don't know if that's the hiatus. I don't know if it's just the environment. If he needs his girlfriend to come along. I don't know what it is. But uh, he he hasn't been as effective as we've seen from him in the past. Pulling totally back agree. from individual players, looking at the team as a whole, at Thunder Season wants to know, how can we adjust for Game 6? It seems like we've stuck to basically the same stuff. Get crazy. All right, let's get crazy. Um, yes. Bench Steven Adams to start the game and start with the four point guards plus Gallo. Yes. I like that one. Uh, play... Um, 
Baisley at some five to guard Jeff Green. Um, what else? Give Terrence Ferguson 15 minutes in game six. Yeah. What else? So far, so good. Shay be more aggressive. That's not crazy. That's just That's shit crazy, that needs to happen. That is, that is All right, Justin, you give me a crazy one. Um, Punch more people in the penis? Well, it's always my go-to strategy. <laughs> um, I'm going to say let's see some more musky. Interesting. See, my my feeling is it's an elimination game. You got to play your best players as much as you can. That's true. Dort so is not, almost he's not then. Dort Dort is almost like a must play guy against Houston because of James Harden. Yeah. So just play your best players as much as you possibly can. Yeah, I think it's that simple. Just play the best players as much. You start small. I don't care. Do something different because every game you're starting by digging yourself in a hole. That starting lineup is not working. Change it. Yeah, there's literally forward. nothing to lose. I Half forward. these guys won't even be on the roster the next time they play, anyways. Yeah, that's a great point. I look forward to uh, that not happening and seeing the same starting five. At Ged Shearer wants to know Dort obviously an issue on the offensive end. Uh, do you think using him as a screener is a solution moving forward? I think yes, given our previous conversations. Could using Gallo as a screener get him more involved? So I think traditionally using Gallo as a screener, yes, because you can abuse people with that pick and pop. I think with Houston's switchy, like switchy defense where they switch all the screens, it makes it a little more difficult because if Gallo tries to pick and pop – They've already switched it. Now, we saw it, I think, the first play of game four. And uh, something that I've mentioned on this podcast before, one way you can take advantage of a switchy defense is to slip screens. Don't give them the chance to switch it because you slip the screen before the switch happens and you slip to the to the rim all by yourself. And Gallo did that in game four and got like mm-hmm. a wide-open dunk. Try a little more of that. And then run some off-ball screens for Gallo and let him run and make the defense switch. They're more likely to make a mistake when they're switching all the time than when you just go ISO and they don't ever have to communicate. When the the Thunder are simplifying defense for Houston right now. The Rockets don't have to switch as often. They don't have to talk. They don't have to move. Where if you're running lots of screens, there's lots of communication there. There's lots of, I'm going to switch. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go over. Uh, I'm going to play the inside. I'm going to play the outside. If you make them guard more things, there's a better possibility of them screwing up. And so I think that's one way you can get Gallo more involved is run him through more actions. Put put the stress on the Houston defense to do everything perfect. Yeah, I think that uh, that's totally, totally valid. And I think that you just you cannot have another night where Gallo goes 0-5 and just is mostly uninvolved. Uh, however that is, on ball, off ball, you have to find ways to get him involved because he's he's a bucket. Like he's, in my opinion, one of the most underrated scorers in the league. Yeah. And he did not show that tonight. I mean, even get him in post-up situations on smaller guys. Yeah. If, if I mean, I know Houston has some smaller dudes who are like really bulky and thick and strong, but Gallo with that size advantage can just turn around and shoot over them. He doesn't have to back them down to the rim. Yeah. That's true. Um, next, from our guy Iku on the Discord, what do you think about CP3 
as a coach on the floor, specifically helping the team to get back on track during Houston runs. He, he mentioned that we've come out flat like we talked about at the beginning of the game and the beginning of the third quarter and really just responding to when Houston kind of – they can have an avalanche on you. What do you think about CP3's job thus far in that role? I mean, I think he's been great. I think he's been great all season. I think, like, tonight you see um, Chris with his arm around Dort kind of coaching him up. Uh, obviously, the leadership aspect is there. I wonder – and not trying to make an excuse for the game because in the grand scheme of life, this game doesn't mean that much. But Chris is the leader of the National Basketball Players Association. He's been the one that's been kind of navigating them through these past three to four days. Yeah. Uh, he organized. Three to four as, months. Yeah. Yeah, no shit. He, as far as I know, he's the one that organized the big team uh, teams meeting. Uh, he was on the call with the owners, the the call where there was a few players on the call with owners. Yeah, uh, he was even on that call with Barack Obama that the players had. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, this guy is trying to to play his own game, and then be the leader of a team and coach up his young guys, and be the face of the players' association, and bring about social change in America because the people we elected don't want to. <laughs> Like this dude, he's he's been away from his children and his wife for what are they at day forty nine in the bubble now or something like that? Yeah, like almost right. seven weeks. And so you can understand that maybe mentally he's not all there, but I still think he does an incredible job um, at, at being bought in in the moment. Which is another great example of leadership from Chris is is being bought in in the moment and the task at hand. Uh, regardless of the other things that are going on. So I think he's been great at, at kind of coaching the guys up, especially whenever Houston goes on these runs and whatnot. I uh, I mean, we talk about it all the time, Justin. You can go back and listen to the, the pod where the trade went down and how much trash we talk. <laughs> right. I could not be more impressed, and I will readily admit how absolutely and totally wrong I was about Chris Paul. Yeah. The yep. guy... He's he's a phenomenal basketball player. More importantly, he is an incredible human being. And I think I'm super proud that he came through Oklahoma City. My takeaway with that is, you know, something that's important to remember a, a bigger theme just outside of CP3 and it's just cuz a guy is annoying on the basketball court doesn't change like his character. Yeah, and I think that was always, you know, our impression of CP3 is his, you know, baiting refs and arguing calls and potential locker room issues and, and that kind of stuff, that impression that you get. But when you actually peel back the curtain and get a chance to look at him as a as a man, it totally changes your perspective. And I think that that is all too common, not just with athletes, but just with people in general. Sorry for getting really deep here, but like we have to remember that everybody is a person, everybody's a man, and we need to respect them as such and not just judge them for for what we see on the surface. Except for Patrick Beverly. Well, he's shown us enough um, beyond the surface. Yes. But um, I, I agree, and my concern coming into this game was that in the last two games, it felt like Oklahoma City had all the momentum this three days off favored one team, and that's the Houston Rockets. Yeah. It favored them because it allowed them a chance to regroup. 
it favored and their them defense looked it, tired in game four right and then they got this rest and they got russell westbrook back which they may have had him back but he wouldn't have had as much rest as he did now yep and and it took all the wind out of oklahoma city's sails a little bit and i think that Billy alluded to it pregame of, you know, the rhythm that they were in is not always easy to recreate. Mm-hmm. And the Thunder may not have enough time left in the series to find it again. Definitely. Also, um, he he's asked me to correct you, Justin, and, and specifically Taylor, but it is pronounced Eku, not Iku. Okay. That is helpful. Eku. Yes. Shout out Eku in the Discord. He sent me a a, a big long message, not about that. It, it included that, but um, uh, a lot of those, uh, including the question you just asked. And and shout out to Eku, man. He like he's got like YouTube video examples of the way Dre played offense yes. in the Golden State series to how what Dort should do moving forward, et cetera, et cetera. So some really good in depth stuff. But yes, we will make sure we pronounce it correctly moving forward as Eku, not Iku. Shout out soft ease. <laughs> All right. Any more questions before we get out of here, Justin? Uh, where can I get more whiskey? Yeah. Yeah. I, how late is Brahms open? Can I go back? <laughs> Hit up DoorDash. There you go. That, well, that's a plug for next week. So, well, Justin, so before we let our listeners out of here, tell me the three things Oklahoma City must do Monday night in order to force a game seven. Score more points. Um, I say that facetiously, but really, 7 of 45 behind the arc tonight. That's 15% if you're keeping track at home. Uh, 31% from the floor overall. 80 points is not good enough to win a basketball game, let alone a basketball game against the Houston Rockets. Uh, Secondly, they need to get Lou Dort more active. We've talked about it probably 10 times on this podcast, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to harp on it, but you cannot allow him to sit behind the three point arc and just lob up threes all game. And then third, they need Dennis Schroeder to stop punching people in the dick. And if he plays a full game, the Thunder probably don't lose by 34. Do they win? Probably not, but it certainly doesn't look as bad as it did here. And they're going to need every bit that they can from everybody. If they want to have a shot. Totally agree with you. Uh, mine would be rotate uh, aggressively on defense. Don't leave those shooters open. Um, be more aggressive on offense, specifically SGA and Gallo. Uh, and thirdly, um, you know, play play like your back's against the wall. Play for your bubble lives because I want th- I want to watch this team continue to play, and I think uh, the league would benefit from having Chris Paul around in the bubble for a little bit longer. Yeah. Indeed. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Justin, it's, uh, it's been as good as we could have made it. Again, <laughs> the thunder drop game five, one fourteen to 80. They are down three games to two closeout game Monday evening. Uh, we don't know the time yet. It will be dependent upon the outcome of this Lakers Portland game. Uh, but it will be evening regardless. I think the earliest time it could be is 5.30. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your pods from. Drop a five-star rating while you're there. Check out boomtownhoops.com for all your thunder wants and needs. Check out our awesome sponsors for the week as well. We will be back Monday morning with our regular group podcast and getting you all ready for game six. 
plus getting you caught up all around the league. So be on the lookout for that. We will talk to you soon. Have a great Sunday. Wakanda forever. See ya. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.